0: Hello and welcome to the RPG Academy's Show & Tell. Show & Tell is a show where we like to bring on cool guests to talk about something cool that they're working on. And today's cool guest is none other than Jason Cordova. And we're going to be talking about Brindlewood Bay. Welcome, Jason. Uh, Hi, thank you for having me on. Uh, No problem our podcast listeners, i was kind of telling you briefly uh before we started our podcast listeners know that i'm kind of taking a break i haven't been on twitter really a whole lot i haven't been on instagram i've been showing up on discord every once in a while because i'm in the process of moving but michael uh tagged me on twitter I was like hey uh jason's looking for people to interview and i said yes <laughs> let's do it so awesome yeah, I'm super excited to talk about this, uh, listeners. As you know, this is this is me, Tom. You know, we're gonna be just doing some show and tell stuff. So, for those who don't know, Brindlewood Bay, it already exists. It's out there. You can play it, but the Kickstarter is right around the corner, and we're gonna be talking about all those exciting things that Jason has uh, in store for us. So, Jason, before we really get di- we go too deep in everything. Who's Who's
1: Jason? <laughs> um, I am Jason Cordova. I, uh, In addition to being the creator of Wood Bay, I am the founder of a, a gaming group organization called The Gauntlet. Uh, the Gauntlet is an online play community focusing on indie tabletop role-playing games. We also do podcasts um, of our own, and we also um, do publishing, which is where Wood Bay comes from. Okay, so we i feel like we could do a whole episode on the gauntlet
0: all right so but the gauntlet is such a weird thing for me too because it's like it's i feel like i see it all the time and i've interacted with a lot of all's products before so but what like what is the gauntlet like could you like boil that down what is it
1: yeah no uh, so the gauntlet started as just a a face to face play group in Houston Texas in 20 like 2013 And it just started, it basically started because I was really interested in playing uh, like independent tabletop role-playing games, like short form rules-like games. Um, At that time, Pathfinder was like the main thing people were playing and I didn't want to play Pathfinder. So I was trying to just find someone to to play these games with me. And I found this Google Plus group, um, this Google Plus group that was called The Gauntlet. And at that time, it was just a defunct group but it was based in houston <laughs> and so i just i pinged the 20 people that were there and said hey would anyone be interested in playing this game with me and i think at the time it was uh i was really interested in playing burning wheel at the time i believe um okay have, or it might have been one of jason morningstar's old games like the shovel Harry roach I don't, or, I don't recall but in the case i someone replied and um and so we just started meeting uh, every week, and then we started meeting twice a week, and then we started meeting three times a week, and and the group just grew and grew in Houston until we um, we pretty well rivaled all the Pathfinder groups eventually after after a while, and we had multiple tables always going, and it was really fun. And then we sort of we started to become more of an online presence um, after we launched our podcast, the Gauntlet Podcast, and then um, uh, from there we just. Um, you know, we started doing, uh, online gaming, uh, as opposed to -to face-to-face gaming that became kind of our focus. And then in 2017, we started to publish, uh, some small things, uh, just digital only. And then in like kind of 2019, we got really serious about like the publishing side of what had become a business quite suddenly. And, um, and so we, you know, we started doing like standalone games and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, we've are. I guess the the game that most people will probably know us for is Trophy role playing game. Yeah, um, but we also uh, have published a game of Wuxia melodrama called Hearts of Wulin. Uh, we have my two games, Brenda Wood Bay and the Between, and yeah, we're just um, it's it's a kind of an exciting new part of what the Gauntlet does, uh, which previously had just been so focused on play. But I think that focus on play actually really kind of in a virtuous circle that kind of feeds into how we design our games too which is pretty awesome so
0: yeah i think yeah for sure like i feel like everybody kind of knows trophy at this at this point yeah
1: and then you're not even done yet (laughs) they will be but but they're we're close (laughs) yeah
0: yeah. it was funny because when brindlewood bay when did when did brindlewood bay like first hit like PDF, uh, where you were letting people see it. Like, how how old is this game? It
1: was basically right, uh, right before the pandemic started. Basically, uh, like around late 2019 or so. And I, Brenda Bay actually came from. So I was working on this other game called The Between, and I knew that I wanted The Between to have this mystery component to it because the Between is a game inspired by Penny Dreadful, like kind of Victorian Gothic horror and i wanted there to be this mystery component but i was having a hard time with the mystery element like making that work in play uh, i'm not a huge fan of most mystery tabletop role playing games and so i wanted to create something that uh you know that i that, that other people could replicate this, so that they could basically run the mystery the way i ran the mystery which is kind of a little bit more free form you know mm-hmm. and rather than um rather than like rewrote rewrite the between a hundred times i decided just to make a smaller game focused on like a really specific kind of mysteries in this case uh, murder mysteries and then um and that's where brindlewood bay came from it was a it was basically a sketch for the between but uh it was it was really popular and so we sort of just kept developing brindlewood bay into its own thing and um i haven't said yet but brindlewood bay is a game of elderly women in a small new england resort town called brindlewood bay these women, uh, they sort of are living their lives in this town. And they're each members of a mystery book club. They're like mystery book fanatics. And they solve murder mysteries in their everyday life <laughs> that the uh, that the cops can't handle or the cops are, are bungling, right? And so you, it's essentially kind of like a murder she wrote, uh, sort of cozy murder mystery kind of setup. But the but there's also this little twist, because as the murder mavens, that's what the characters are called, as the murder mavens investigate these different murder mysteries, they quickly begin to realize that there is a dark occult conspiracy connecting all of the mysteries. And so they have to get to the the heart of that conspiracy.
0: Well, that answers my first question. Like, what is the elevator pitch for yeah. Brattlewood <laughs> Bay? So, okay. So then, all right. So... So many questions there, Mur- Murder Maven's. All right, so is that like their club name?
1: That's the name of the club. Yeah, uh, yeah this the is Murder such Mavens. a cool, yeah. <laughs>
0: such a cool club name. I would, I, I could see like some, some wise, sage, older ladies coming up with like the best names ever. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then, all right, so you kind of touched on it. So let's talk a little bit about the world of Brindlewood Bay. because mm-hmm. I find that one of the things that attracts people to games, so like first thing is like the the world, or the aesthetic of the game. So what is that within Brindlewood Bay?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So it, it does have a setting. Uh, the okay. setting is contained within the um, the various mysteries that have been published. Like, all together, they make up the setting, right? Um, full of, like, named characters and locations and things. But it is the, principally the town of Brindlewood Bay. Um, there's a few other little kind of satellite locations, but it, most of the action takes place in Brindlewood Bay. And it is a resort town. It's filled with uh, like artisans and bed and breakfasts and restaurants and fishing tours and things like that, right? And a really key part of the setting is that these women, uh, they have like their partners are long deceased. Their children have long flown the nest. And so this is almost like their their next stage of their lives right and they're and that next stage of their lives is in this town um, with their friends the other murder mavens um, you know kind of enjoying their hobbies enjoying their pastimes and kind of living very full lives it was really important to me that these women feel like whole characters not like characters you know Um, and so the town of Brindlewood Bay is part of that but (laughs) okay (laughs) Um, here's the but as you play you begin to learn more and more about this town's really dark underbelly. It's really s- twisted history going back to, like, the Wailing Days. Um, you begin to learn about this this cult, the midwives of the Fragrant Void, who are the the nemeses of the Murder Mavens eventually, um, and how this cult is connected to the founding of the town, like, many years ago and yeah so you so there's this like veneer of 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 quaint coziness in the town you know but then you start to peel back the layers and you start to realize that there's something uh there's something darker going on and um i love that it's 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 my kind of setting um i always like settings that are kind of local and okay. small and that have secrets and Brindlewood bay has secrets I should note, though, that even though there is a setting, um, it is still like kind of quasi collaborative, like a lot of the setting elements are created at the table um, via different mechanics in the game. And so while there is a setting, you, you as a player, as a play group, you get a lot of you have a lot of like opportunities to sort of define that setting. Right. You're kind of given the parameters and then you sort of play within that.
0: Okay. So, all right. So the collaborative element of this game is such a key aspect. So how does that work? Like, we sit at the table. What is, how are we collaborating?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So there's different ways. Um, But it, you know, the way you, when you play this game, what's happening is the Keeper, who is the GM in Brenda Wood Bay, the Keeper presents a mystery. And that usually involves the murder mavens just happening to be around when someone ends up dead <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, it's very murder she wrote in that way right like, okay the murder ma- the murder mavens just happened to have gone to the halloween party where the host got killed right um and so so the, as, as as players you're allowed to investigate that murder however you wish there are no predetermined like uh, tracks for investigation. There's no like, you have to go here or go here. You can approach it however you want. You can go talk to people. You can go to, you can do archival research. You can try to do forensic research. Like there's all kinds of things you can do. Um, And the keeper has a list of clues. So no matter how you're investigating, no matter what you're looking for, the keeper should be able to react and, and, and reveal to you a clue, right? And ultimately you gather enough clues you all um, uh, you all like have a discussion about who you think did it, and that's one of the major collaborative aspects of the game. In Wood Bay, there is no canonical solution to any of these murders. The Keeper does not know who did it, right? We only know who did it based off of when the players start talking to each other and theorizing, you know, creating a theory of the case based off the clues they've found. And that process... It's, it's almost like you're creating the mystery right there, right? Like you're, you are, you are looking at the clues you have and you're, and you're making the case, you're building the case. And sometimes it's, sometimes it's like, you kind of like shape it to where the killer is who you want it to be. Sometimes it's the killer, the killer is somebody totally surprising, but it's very, very player driven, right? Um, and, and that, that process is really fun. It kind of feels like you're actually creating a mystery, which is really cool. Or you're solving a mystery. Um, But there's other collaborative aspects as well. So one of my uh, quasi-famous techniques in the hobby, which now many, many games use, is called paint the scene. And what it is, is whenever the characters enter a specific location in the scenario, the keeper poses a question about that place. And that question is usually something to do with like, uh, an idea about the place. So like we get to learn about an idea of that place based off of what it looks like and how it feels. And so for example a paint the scene question about uh, say there, there's a yacht uh, that, that sometimes the mavens have to go visit in one of the mysteries they go to this yacht and the, the question is looking around how can you tell these people have more money than they know what to do with right and so the players get to then talk and each say their idea and that helps sort of collaboratively as a group build up what the scene looks like right so the, the game just has lots of stuff like that like where the keeper is not the keeper doesn't have to do it all the keeper sort of like puts it on the players a little bit right
0: I love games where myself as the game master has as little work as possible. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, it makes it for me personally, it's so much more enjoyable because I feel like I'm a player as well. I'm participating Mm -hmm. with them. It doesn't, it's just, it kind of eliminates that weird power structure that you have. We're all together. So then this is not really like a, it's not like there's a mystery Like a gamified mystery that we need to solve by getting finding these specific clues. What what it's really about then is almost just like experiencing the idea of a mystery and creating it yourself.
1: Yes, but I would say it's 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 more like. If we were to harness the power of the medium of tabletop role-playing games to do a thing, in this case, to solve a mystery, what would that look like, right? That's what I think it is. Where some mystery games get it wrong, uh, most, in my opinion, uh, get it wrong, is they are relying on typical conventions of role-playing games to get to that result, which is usually not great. Or they are trying to do it like like a film or a novel would, right? And that is maybe not the best fit for the medium. And a medium that is by its nature collaborative, right? Like it's a storytelling, collaborative storytelling medium. And so I like to think that like you're getting a mystery experience that fits the medium of role-playing games, which is why. And I think that's what a lot of people respond to when they talk about how much they love Brindlewood Bay, right? Um, I hope that's what they're responding to. I think they are. Um, But yeah, I'm with you. I, um, I think that Brindlewood Bay hits a really good medium in terms of GM prep because as the keeper you do have to read the mystery beforehand but that only takes like 10 minutes if that maybe 5-10 minutes at most and then you just have to sort of play off the players and react right um I i like to think that like the way i've designed it it essentially like it's it's not that the keeper has to do a lot of prep beforehand but rather it allows the keeper to focus on the things that that you want the gm to be doing like managing managing spotlight sort of uh, managing information at a higher level, you know, without having to like, um, without having to like do too much research and stuff beforehand, um, and it always feels good. It's how I like to run games, <laughs> and so yeah. uh, my game design tends to be like how I like to experience a game. I, I like to I like to bake that into the process, you know, codify it. But yeah, okay. So
0: when you're designing, this is a question I like to ask everybody. You've we've kind of you've kind of answered this tangentially, but so you everybody sits down at the table. And so what sort of feeling are you trying to evoke with Brindlewood Bay then?
1: Two feelings. Okay. Um, It starts cozy and cute and and all about the Maven's hobbies and their friendship. And then it switches. Uh, It doesn't switch right away. It might be two or three sessions before it switches, but it does start to switch to be this Uh, to be to be one of dread uh, you should experience a sense of like building looming dread as you play the game um that's my hope i also want at a almost like an out of character level i hope that when people sit down they feel like they're getting ready to solve a mystery and you know if you think about um like, I love mysteries, and I I particularly love mystery things that have, like, an interactive element, right? So I have always – I'm one of those nerds who loves the, like, m- murder mystery in a box, you know, games. Okay, I love yeah, those. yeah, yeah, I love LARPs. I love – um, I, I like – I just like that kind of thing. And so my hope is that when you sit down, you're kind of, like, in that headspace as well. Like, I'm going to solve a mystery. It's going to be fun. And we're going to get to the bottom of the case, even though – you know at a certain level you know that like solving the mystery means creating the mystery but that's okay that's the that's the point of it okay
0: so th- this is interesting then because obviously we have individual mysteries you think a lot mm-hmm. about a lot of mystery tv shows are very they're they're serialized mm-hmm. so is how does Brindlewood bay Is there any like campaign play? Can we play these characters multiple times? Yeah, yeah. So
1: it's the game is designed to be played over a campaign of about 12 or 13 sessions, usually. Okay. In all my in all my times I've run it, that's about how long it takes. And the mysteries are episodic, so you do one at a time. And the whole campaign structure, though, is that the campaign campaign structure is organized around that occult conspiracy that is that is operating in the background. And once you have, um, there are these certain types of special clues you can uncover called void clues. And once you've unlocked a certain number of void clues, you are then entitled to face The occult conspiracy, the midwives of the fragrant void, before they can summon the dark monstrous child of Persephone uh, from the ocean. So that is uh, that's the campaign structure. It's about twelve sessions, maybe up to fifteen if you're a very like RP heavy group. I guess. Okay. Yeah.
0: And with the, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Okay, but in the
1: book itself, you
0: include some mysteries, right?
1: Right. So this this is uh, so. The version that's available right now is on DriveThru RPG. It's digital only, and it's a kind of an abbreviated version of the game based off what will eventually be on Kickstarter. Okay. Um, but that version get you get five mysteries um, and and then all the rules and things you need to like play the campaign. Right. Um, I will note here for listeners that version of Brindlewood Rind- Bay is pay what you want right now, so you can go in there and just. Just download it for free if you want to and check mm-hmm. it out. So there's no reason not to. Go do it, please. Um, the version that will be on Kickstarter will have many more mysteries. Um, we, we've published a lot more mysteries than those five in different publications and different things. But the core game has five mysteries with it. Um, the Kickstarter version, there are actually two books, uh, one of which is mostly just new mysteries. So,
0: Okay, gotcha. And then, all right, so... We've talked a little bit about like the different feelings and stuff, but a lot of people want to know, like, what's the mechanical structure of this game? Are they throwing cards, dice? What's that? What's this core mechanic that we're going to be using? Yeah, the core
1: mechanic is powered by the apocalypse, um, meaning it uses uh, 2d6 plus a modifier to, um, uh, well, you, you trigger a move and then you usually roll dice to see what happens in the text of the move, like how it resolves. Uh, I roll 2d6 plus a modifier between usually minus one to three, depending on, and um, a six minus is a miss, which means something terrible but exciting happens. Uh, Seven to nine is a middle result. You succeed, but there's a complication. And a 10 plus, uh, in most cases, is like a full success, and you, you achieve what you wanted to achieve. So it's powered by the apocalypse in that sense. Um, the mystery system is entirely of my own creation, um, but it's mostly like structural and procedural more than like hard mechanics, so...
0: Okay. So when it comes to character creation though, are, do you have like how does it vary from Powered by the Apocalypse? Is it yeah, playbooks? There are no playbooks.
1: No. There's just okay. one sheet. Um it, or like I guess it's a playbook of one, I suppose. There's just one Murder Maven sheet. Um you you have like an array of stats uh and you assign there's like a set certain numbers on them and then you assign one to one of them and then you choose different elements so like you choose your, your Maven's name, you choose their look. Their look is uh are things that are inspired by the game's inspirations, mostly like television from the 80s and 90s. Um so some of the look mm-hmm. options are like Dorothy Spornak, which is a character from Golden Girls, or um Office Hours, which implies a kind of professorial look, right? Um, Hippy Dippy. There's just it's just things like that. You circle your look, uh, you circle your cozy activity, which is like your hobby, and then you get a maven move and the maven move is really how your character is unique from the other murder mavens um the maven moves are all named after uh male uh tv detectives that was that part's important and so you have like a move that's like jim rockford you have one that's um um you know, Fox Mulder, you've got, you know, different ones. And, uh, and those moves do something that's kind of thematically inspired by the name of the character that it's named after. And, and that's how you really make your Maven unique is the Maven move that you pick. Um, So your Maven might be a little bit more into the esoteric or your Maven might be more, uh, you know, part of this game is about exploring like the fact that even though these, these characters are elderly women, they still like have you know, they, they still have like, they can still have sexiness. They can still have drives and desires. And so some of the moves reflect how they're still, you know, they've still got it, you know, even though they're, yeah. you know, 80 years old or whatever. Um, there's one move called Gordon Shumway, which is the name of Alf uh, from the TV show Alf. Um, and that one gives you like a cat that is like uh, very good at sneaking around and doing things for you. Um, just little things like that. Right. Um, it, That that's kind of but but basically there's just one sheet. It's pretty easy to do. Character creation takes like, god, ten minutes maybe if that. So
2: it
0: looks like looking at the character sheet. Also, I I love character sheets where I can I get like stuffed options to pick. Yeah, it's just it feels so fun. I love it. It's that's super fun. So I wanted to ask you then. We've talked a lot about the different mysteries and stuff, but and you've mentioned murder she wrote. All right, Mm -hmm. is so like what's other inspirations? Do you have like what's your favorite like
1: mystery? Book or mystery television sure, series? Sure, yeah. Well, what well, is Murder She Wrote? <laughs> um, okay, gotcha. Okay, fair enough. But like, uh, I've, I've seen every episode of Murder She Wrote multiple times. Um, it's no, uh, well, so the game's overall inspirations and which were my inspirations when I was creating it. I like to say that it's Murder She Wrote mixed with H.P. Lovecraft or Murder She Wrote meets the Shadow of Erinsmith or Murder She Wrote uh, plus cosmic horror. Right? Okay. Um That's 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 the that's the one line elevator pitch, right? Um, but the game actually takes a lot of its inspiration from classic television, and indeed, the the game Wood Bay it's presented as if you're playing a TV show. Like it has mechanics that sort of hint at the idea that we're we're watching a TV show <laughs> while we play. So, um, okay, but yeah, so like classic TV of the '80s and '90s um, are you know the kinds of things. Frankly, the kinds of things that like. My aunts and grandmothers watched when I was a kid, right? Like watching, you know, that that sort of television um, kind of inspires is, is a big inspiration for the game. And and I've had some people, like especially like players who are maybe a little younger or who are uh, not from the United States, say, you know, I had to I had to do a little bit of googling to figure out some of the references, but uh, but once I did, it was all good. So. So, how did this game come to be? Then,
0: was it like just in your mind, or are you sitting down with your players one day, and you're like, oh, "I want to really do this." Like all the way back before it's on paper, what yeah. what made you want to make this uh, game? It was Is there a, a story. There, it
1: was a Twitter post. Okay, <laughs> all good games. Yeah, on Twitter it, posts. Okay. yeah. It, so, what it was was I, well, as I said earlier, I was already looking to create like a, a murder mystery game. I was yep. because I was trying to try out this mechanic that I was I had in my brain, and. Um, and I just posted on Twitter, like, is there a Murder She Wrote game out there? You know, is there is there a game like that? And someone jokingly said, would it be cool if it was like Murder She Wrote but Cthulhu? Yeah.
2: <laughs> I
1: was, and I was off to the races at that point. I was like, got it. That's it. That is the answer. Um, and even though we're not dealing with the Cthulhu mythos, it's it's that flavor, right? Um Yeah, so that was it. That was basically it. Um and then I just I, know, I just wrote it. I mean, it... A lot of the a lot of the scaffolding of the game was already kind of done because it's just powered by the apocalypse, right? And um, and like I said, I was developing another game called The Between, um, which uh, some of the, that game's tech ended up in Brenda Wood Bay as well. And then okay. also Brenda Wood Bay has helped that game as well. Those two games are very like they they feed on each other, right? Um, okay. But yeah, that was, that was essentially it. Yeah.
0: I'm going to jump ahead a little bit because, all right, so you've mentioned all these different, like, inspirations for it and everything, but, all right, so I know that there are, there have been hacks already for Loads, Brandlewood yeah. Bay, mm-hmm. and so I wanted to, so me personally, I don't necessarily connect with Murder, She Wrote, but me and my wife were huge fans of BBC mysteries, such oh, yeah. as mm-hmm. Grand yeah. and Miss Marple and Inspector Morse and all these other pastoral, like, bbc mysteries mm-hmm. all right so is there a hack for that or like how would that work for like a more I, like british I, I mystery i think
1: someone wrote a hack like that i don't know 100 okay. for sure i believe they did um i don't think that one has the supernatural elements which is what which is an important part of my game but um but having said that there's a way you can play Wood Bay where you just play it as a one shot or a two shot and you just don't do the supernatural elements and you're basically okay. doing that kind of story, right? I mean, it is, I mean, until you get, until the supernatural stuff becomes really pronounced like halfway through the campaign, it, it feels like one of those, you know, it has like a Miss Marple feel. It has a Midsummer Murders feel. It's, it's got that kind of feel. I love Midsummer Murders as well. So like, yeah. that's, that's another influence for me. Um Murder She Wrote's the most direct influence just yep. because, like, I mean, the name Brindlewood Bay is a playoff Cabot Cove, right? Which is the name of the town that she lives in. And also because there's a sort of long running joke in Murder She Wrote or in the Murder She Wrote fandom that Jessica Fletcher did all the murders. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And so I was, so to some degree, I was playing with that idea of why are all these murders happening? You know, um, that was, you know, kind of, it was a little bit of a, a joke in a way. Um, but no, you can absolutely play Brindlewood Bay as is, just as you can totally set it in like a sort of British countryside, you know, English, you know, Eng- English village. And in fact, we have some mysteries. Uh, we have special types of mysteries called sweep sweep mysteries, um, which are not necessarily murder mysteries and they take place in other parts of the world. And they have more of a supernatural bent. But they but the main thing is they don't take place in Brindlewood Bay. And one of them is, in fact, a it's in a small English village um, where they're doing this. They have this uh, ceremony in a lot of villages in England called like well-dressing ceremonies where they okay. decorate the town well <laughs> or something. <laughs> and um, so we have a mystery kind of set in that. We have other mysteries that are um, – we have two mysteries, for example, or one mystery written by Chris set. Uh, which has a very, very strong, like, kind of British flavor to it. Um, so you can kind of get some of that already in the game. But as far as hacks go, though, people have hacked this game for all kinds of different settings and things. Like, it's, it's very, very hackable.
0: And I feel like that's one of the things that I, the vibe that I've got from The Gauntlet over the years. I mean, I think even of like trophy cuz you all made it was it was it Trophy Loom
1: was that? Uh there are three trophy books. There's dark and gold, which are the two games that make up Trophy, and then Trophy Loom is the setting book. Yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. So yeah, but you guys have encouraged like I feel like you all
1: have encouraged Always. like people to Always. hack your games. Yeah. That is a big part of what we do. Um I wouldn't even do it if we if we didn't do that. Um, yeah, I I want people to take what we've made and make something else with it. Um, okay. So we run contests a lot in order to sort of encourage that, you know. Um, so we have um, we've done several contests for Trophy. Uh, we've done one contest for my other game, The Between. Uh, we are probably doing a contest for Brenda Wood Bay to coincide with the Kickstarter. We haven't totally decided on that yet. Uh, maybe by the time you hear this, listeners, we'll, you'll know. Um, and yeah, I I want people to engage with it on a creative level, I, because to me, um, you know, I'm super passionate about role-playing games, if that's not, hopefully that's obvious. Um, I'm super passionate about role-playing games and, and every part of the role-playing game experience, right? And I think that that is um, reading games, of course, uh, playing games. That's my most, to me, that's the most important thing. Um, but also creating them or creating for them, right? Like it's all part of that, um, the fun for me. Like when I'm, you know, as a long time long time only GM, (laughs) um, which is the way I like it, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. As a long time only GM, part of the fun for me is that lonely fun of like just, you know, kind of like reading books or modules and kind of playing around with ideas and stuff and thinking of characters. Like I love to do all that. And so I hope that people, um, you know, engage with our games in that way. And we in, in fact encourage it.
0: Yes. All right. So, who's so speak, Like speaking of like people engaging with your games, who's working with you on this game? What's your team?
1: Like? Yeah. Uh, so, the artist, uh, the person doing the artwork, is uh, an Italian artist. Her name is Cecilia Ferry. Uh, she did all the art for the digital version that exists now, and she has done a bunch of pieces for the Kickstarter version. Um, our layout artists. Uh, we have two layout artists. Um, Jesse Ross, who did a lot of the like graphical design work um jesse's also the creator of trophy incidentally and then harold eckmuller um who is a co-host of the uh the german uh, story game podcast 3w6 but also um, a, a layout artist himself and he's doing the actual layout proper for the kickstarter books and then we have loads of collaborators collaborators in terms of writing mysteries um i could probably rattle off a bunch of them now um, alicia Furness, who has done uh, quite a lot of the hacks um, of brindlewood bay she's a very very pro- prolific brindlewood bay uh creator space creator um yeah uh, chris Bissett, who is pan galactic on twitter um, has written tons of stuff for brindlewood bay uh, alicia and chris actually wrote a really fabulous hack of brindlewood bay that we published which is a two-player hack of the game about an elderly gay couple who run a Bed and breakfast in the town of Brindlewood Bay, and uh, people keep disappearing from room three, and so the mystery is figuring out where people are going <laughs> when they disappear from room three. Um, yeah, so many collaborators. Uh, I could, I, I, uh, David Morrison, um, gosh, loads of people. Um, they're all people who are kind of most of them are people who are from our gauntlet creative spaces. Uh, we, we it's very kind of internal in that way, I guess, but um, okay, but yeah, I mean, I think. Part of my job in this whole project is to is to find people who have really who are good writers who have something unique and interesting to say about the setting and then taking what they've written and sort of editing it to make sure it all feels like one cohesive whole. Um, I think that's one of my skill sets. And so I'm really excited to be able to do it for this
0: nice management extraordinaire all yeah, right so, yeah yeah Wear many hats so, over in the garden. yeah it's so. i mean that's basically what a game master is so. Yeah. <laughs> so, so all right so then all right so let's talk about the kickstarter then sure all right
1: so why go to kickstarter yeah um so we have always that was always the plan um yep. the plan was always to do a to do physical books um i wanted this slow rollout though where we kind of spend time on the digital only version for two years um because i wanted to give the game a chance to find its fan base and so um i was never, i was not in a hurry to get to kickstarter and so we just took as much time as we needed to get people to learn to love brenda woodbay and kickstarter is just going to let us you know crowdfunding in general would let us just sort of raise the money needed to like produce these books we're actually making two books um there's going to be the core book Wood bay which is an expanded version of the rules and six mysteries and then the other book is called nephews in peril um which has uh extra setting content for the town like just places and locations and peoples and 10 more mysteries for the game um we have, we'll have stretch goals for the campaign hopefully that will expand that a little bit but that's the sort of core uh what you're getting with those two books um there'll be hardcover and um yeah we're, we're we're full color in interior we're just really excited to bring them to people i mean i i think the game deserves the kind of treatment we're going to give it and i think that the work that people have put into it deserves that kind of presentation and so that's why we're doing kickstarter i,
0: I yeah i mean that kind of i answers i will He's full color interior
1: yeah yeah i mean we don't do um I mean, I have to say, I mean, even though we're fairly new in the publishing game, the books we have done are uh, really beautiful (laughs) Um, because I won't I won't settle for less Um, because to me, there's no point in doing it if it's not going to be like extremely beautiful. And uh, so that's a big part of it for me. I am not personally like I don't personally need a physical book like I prefer to actually I prefer PDFs when I'm running games, but I know a lot of people do like to have the physical object. And so I'm happy to give that to them.
0: It's, all right, so one of the other, so I'm a layout guy, like I love layout. So one of the things you noted be, um, in your notes is that the the layout is meant to evoke paperback novels it from is. the 1980s. Yeah. All right, so I love very specific types of layouts. Mm-hmm.
1: So what does that mean? Yeah, so um, it's hard to explain in an audio only format, I think, but okay. I will say that um, the original layout that jesse ross did for the digital version it it i mean it straight up looks like like a vc andrews novel in the grocery store right i might be dating myself a little bit but but it's like that right um or like a choose your own adventure book like the headings have these like this choose your own adventure quality to them in a way which i also think speaks to the kind of themes of the game um so it's a little bit it's, it's that a little bit um it is we're trying to like thread the needle between a clean readable usable presentation because we want people to play this game first and foremost and but also stylizing it in a way that it evokes this particular era that the game is set in right and so we've done that with the way we've the typefaces that we've chosen um, the the way the headers look um, and not so much the cover art the cover art is very much its own thing but the logo actually has like kind mm-hmm. of that very like uh, like like 1980s grocery store paperback mystery quality to it yeah so
0: okay no i dig it i dig it so then when does the kickstarter go live
1: then the kickstarter is april 26th um it will run through may 30th there are not any timed exclusives or anything like that but we are going to have one add-on for people who who go to the kickstarter the add-on is um very special (laughs) um it, we were originally thinking of, you know, the typical add-ons for a game would be like dice or cards or something like that. We've decided to do something a little different. Our add-on is going to be a third book called. Oh, okay. The Brindlewood Bay Community Cookbook. And this is a cookbook as if it was a community church fundraiser cookbook. You might've seen those types of things. Um, all of the recipes it's, it's in fiction. So all the recipes have been, Uh, submitted by characters in the story, right? So that's that's a thing about the recipe. They're all usable recipes. But the game is also a solo mystery role-playing game because in the margins of each of the cookbook pages are hand-scrawled notes and doodles piecing together a murder mystery in the town of Brindlewood Bay that you get to solve as you are reading through it. (laughs) So...
0: That's an app. That sounds like another, that sounds like a whole other game. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, we, you know, this is, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're shooting our shot here. Okay. All right. We're never doing so, another Brindlewood Bay Kickstarter. So this is Okay, it. this is it. Go
0: for it. Uh, full send. All right. So the Alright, cookbook. I want to talk about this real quick. All sure, right, so okay. cookbook. Oh, so you can like are these like full recipes that I can make? Yeah,
1: you can absolutely make everything from it. Uh we the, these are all recipes that uh uh have been compiled by the group, small group of people working on it. They're they real recipes, um that we have just sort of like changed the names and stuff to make it seem like it came from the town of Brindlewood Bay, right? Um, and the recipes are matched up to various characters in the setting. So if you know the setting, that that'll there'll be that special element to it. Yeah, uh, they're 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 full usable recipes. Um, That's so Lots funny of scones. because i hope you like scones <laughs> loves, love me some scones
0: oh my word i love great british bake-off yeah. oh, i love yeah. cookbooks my uh, so it's funny there is
1: a mystery I should, i'll cut you off sorry there is a mystery in the game called the great brindlewood bay bake-off and of course there is of course the, there is the, i won't say who the victim is but uh i will give you a hint he has very Steely blue eyes. Oh, okay, yes. <laughs> all right, all right. I got you. So
0: it's funny because my wife is a she, She's a my wife is a chef, and so we have so many cookbooks sure, in our house. Yeah. And there are there is a certain technical aspect to writing a cookbook yeah. that. Wow. You guys, props to you for well, taking so that on. Well, here's the
1: Because it's meant to be like a found object, like the kind yep. of thing you would get at uh, a church fundraiser, um, yep. we are giving ourselves some leeway for a okay. certain lack of professionalism. <laughs> right. Um, we've even like, I mean, e- the pages, I mean, they look really unprofessional. Like they're, they're meant to look like it was made with like clip art. <laughs> nice. <laughs> right? Okay. That's, that kind of That's okay. Yeah.
0: Uh- I'm okay with that aesthetic. I'm okay yeah, with that. Yeah. All right. That's awesome. So, okay. Yeah. So it's, I mean, we've already dated a podcast episode and everybody hates dated episodes. So like, but the Kickstarter, if you're listening to this, uh, Kickstarter probably going up, um, in a few days or it is live now. Um, so definitely go check it out. So Jason, all right, before we wrap this thing up, are there any final things that you need to tell people about Brindlewood Bay to convince them to go get it?
1: This Okay. If you are, if you are kind of on the fence about whether you think this is the game for you, let me tell you that this game is, it is always a hit. Uh, it's a hit with people who don't even play role playing games. A lot of people just really love the setting and the theme, and if you are the kind of person who would like to, either. Sharpen up your GMing skills in a different way because I think this game has a really particular view of how to GM a game. Or if you are are not typically the GM of your group and you want to have something to try out with your group and you want to be the GM, this is a really really GM friendly game. Like it is it is written eventually, especially the Kickstarter version, it is written to help you be a really successful keeper. And so um, we have we have designed every bit of it from the ground up to be excellent to play. Like this is not a theoretical exercise for us. So if you get this, you will want to get it to the table and it will support you every step of the way.
0: Yeah. I mean that sounds amazing. All right. So uh thanks, Jason, so much. Okay, thank you so much coming for having on. me on. This, this is was, great. Uh, no, I love doing this. So all right, so where can people follow you on social media?
1: Yeah, um, I'm at Jason Cordova Six, uh that's all one word on Twitter. Uh, that's the only social media I do is Twitter, mm-hmm. um, but I would actually, you should probably actually follow the Gauntlet, which is at Gauntlet RPG. I don't run that account, but that's sort of how you keep up with everything we're doing. Um, and then we also have a Brindlewood Bay uh, Twitter account, which is at Brindlewood Bay. And then we also have um, a publishing account, which is at Gauntlet Pub. Uh, but if you just have to choose one, choose the at Gauntlet RPG. I think that's the best one to follow. So.
0: Okay. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me on time. Uh, Yeah, no problem, folks. Go check out Brindlewood Bay on Kickstarter, Uh, and yeah, that's it. You know the, you know the, you know what we like to say here, folks. Uh, If you're having fun, you're doing it right. All right, and we'll see you next time.
2: Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby